The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Cowboys Storyline with Nick Eatman. What is up, everyone? Welcome to Cowboys Storyline, February the 1st, 2024, and... I'm joined by the man, Darren Woodson. What's up, Nick? What is going on? Is it is it Woody Wednesday? Well, it's, it's actually no, Thursday yes, today, huh? Thursday. It's not Woody, Woody Wednesdays Woody anymore. Woody Thursdays, yeah. it doesn't matter. My day's matter. mixed up. Hey. Any day you want to come, come hey, over? You get hit in the head for 13 straight years, dude. Things happen. You know? Yeah, I don't I don't yeah. know what my excuse is. <laughs> it just happened anyways. I don't know if I've been hit in the head. Uh, anyways, um, you guys, a lot of stuff going on. We're going to talk about that. We'll talk about how the season ended. A lot of people are trying to move mm. on, but with you here, mm. Darren, I do. I'm wanna... trying to move on as well, okay, man. But okay. hey, let's bring it back. I, I do want to get your stuff. thoughts on that, and also how you kind of can, can bounce back from that. All right, eight 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 five five two two nine seven. Already have a couple of callers on the line. We got Darren for about twenty minutes or so here. So we'll we'll get off. We'll get to the phone calls here in a second. But first, I do want to just talk to you. We got some. Breaking news going on here. Mm. Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator, yeah. is taking a job uh, with the Washington Commanders. What are your thoughts on that one? Well, you know, you knew you were going to lose Dan at some point. Yeah. You knew that was going to happen. You probably, probably should have lost him last year. Um, and, look, I, I think there's a lot of those who are, are still burning hot from – the last game of the season sure. and saying, well, he didn't do, you know, the defense didn't play mm-hmm. up to par. How could he get a new job or blah, blah, blah. Look, the guy is, his track record over the last couple yeah. of years has been remarkable. And I thought it was one of the best stays last year as far as keeping people, even players within the organization. I thought that was one of the best keepers last year in finding a way to keep Dan Quinn right. on staff. Uh, I'm happy for him. I think he's long overdue for a head coaching job. Uh, I, I don't like the fact that he's in the division. Right. But uh, at the same time, look, his track record of what he's been able to accomplish, whether it be in Seattle with the, you know, what do they call the Legion of Doom mm-hmm. and and then moving on to Atlanta and, and, and going to the Super Bowl uh, with that team and then coming to Dallas and changing things around. Look, I, I just got a ton of respect for Dan Quinn, even though, you know, what they went through this season, you know, even with going through the season, they had a great season. He put guys in the right position to win games. Uh, just so happened it didn't happen for him in the, in the end. Yeah, I'm sure I'll get a chance later on in the show to I'll be asked about it. I'll, I'll throw my, my two cents in later mm-hmm. in the show. But, but yeah, I mean, I agree with, with everything that you said. Um, all right, let's just get to the phone lines. Let's try to get as many callers that can talk to you as possible here. So let's go to uh, Brian in Kansas City. First up. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you, Brian? How are you doing? Well, I'm a little sick today, which is why I'm home from work, but I am really glad because I've never been able to call in and on a day when Woody's there. Nice. So it is a pleasure to talk to you, sir. Yeah, yeah. you too, Brian. Well, Brian always asks me like a former player and give a story or whatever, so I'm hoping maybe you'll ask Darren a, a player that you – I mean, he, he'll have some great, great stories on any of these guys. Yeah, absolutely. So I got two questions, and then, of course, I'll hang up and listen so other people can participate. Thanks. My first question is, um, if, you, if you're one of the guys that like looks into this stuff and follows this stuff, do you have an opinion on any of the safeties coming out this year? And my other question is something close to what Nick just said, but maybe a, a favorite mentor uh, as, you were, as you were coming up through the ranks. I'll hang up and listen, and y'all have a great show. 
Uh, to answer your first question, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I remember my ESPN days of having to watch, you know, the entire football season and then watch, you know, the college draft and and get prepped for who's coming out. I'm not. That's not my deal anymore. Yeah, it's I, I really have, not I'm mine clueless. either. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm clueless. I mean, there's another show that just they did. They just left yeah. the draft show. I'm call sure call Mel Kiper. Yeah, he'll, they're he'll, all, he'll be the one. They're all over it. Uh, I, I'm I'm not there yet either. And I don't even know if that would be your top priority thinking about because they, they signed Malik Hooker and they signed Donovan Wilson. So I I don't think you're going to be looking at safeties that high in the draft. They never really do. Anyways. They never do anyway, right? Yeah, so that's yeah. not happening. But hey, there's some free agent pickups maybe that that, that sure. are out there um, that they, they they may want to take a look at. As for your second question, as far as mentors, look, I had so many guys that that mentored me through the process. Uh, Tony Tolbert was a guy uh, when I came into the league somehow, some way. Even him being a defensive end really took me under his arm and uh, you know taught me how to be a professional. Jim Jeffcoat, mm-hmm. another one that uh, took me under his wing. Uh, James Washington, Thomas Everett, Ray Horton. I mean, these guys came in, and these were safeties. And, and they knew I came in to take their position. Mm-hmm. And they still just poured into me, gave me a ton of knowledge, gave me an understanding of how to play zone. And, you know, I was pretty good at doing man, but the zone concepts were, you know, I was oblivious to understanding what was going on there. And they just spent so much time into teaching me the nuances of the game. So, uh, those are my those are you know and, and there were so many others. I mean Roger Staubach as you know as much as I was doing on the football field off the field, Roger was instrumental really, really? in pouring. I mean, there's a reason why I'm in commercial real estate today. Really, just because of, of of who Roger was and 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 how he came back around and really poured into me and told me, hey, this is a you know short lived business. You ain't gonna be here forever. And what's your plan? So uh, I, I just had so many people that that. Uh, that that mentored me through the process. I remember you telling me a story, and not to get you know too personal with it, but there was something that had happened that that Troy Aikman even read about. Oh yeah, in the paper. Yes, yeah. And uh, you yeah. were involved with something. I don't know. How yeah, much I went through. But. I went through. You know, it wasn't that damaging, but I went through. Uh, my financial advisor had came up in the pa- in the newspaper that it had taken advantage, and he had actually taken. He found out that he had actually t- taken advantage of me in a small way, but at the same time. It became news, mm-hmm. and Troy, I remember really, you know, just walking up to me uh, when when it, the story broke. Was in the locker room, walked up to me and said, "Hey, man, I got the right financial group for you. Same group I'm with today." Really? This is in '93, '92, '93. My first year or two in the league, and I'm still with the same group. But Troy's another one that yeah. just. I mean, there's so many guys that were older than me, and that, and I think that's what was so special about those teams back then. It, it was a ton of personalities. Ton of guys had, you know, had their own goals and dreams. But at the same time, man, it was a a family affair. It was a yeah. network of guys that that really wanted to take care of each other. That's pretty awesome. All right, let's go to uh, Justin in California. Hey, Nick, how you doing, brother? I'm good. How are you? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I think the last time I called was just before the Green Bay game. Mm. Hello, uh, hey Justin, real quick. Are you? Do you yeah. know you're you're on with Darren Woodson? Yes, I am. Okay, how are you? All right, just making sure. A, man, you know what, Darren? I I gotta thank you because when I was when I was younger, so you know I was probably like nine or so, and um, I had just started Pop Warner, and I I wanted to be Emmitt Smith so bad. Mm. I wanted to be a running back. I wanted to be a running back, and. Uh, 
Didn't we all? Happening. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And uh, my coach was like, no, you know, I think, you know, let's put you at, let's try you at safety. Let's try you at safety. And I, you know, I didn't really want to be in, um, you know, watching, watching you play. It finally made it cool for me to be a safety. It was like, you know what? Yeah, this is, this is cool. Like they started me at free safety and um, I actually had fun, you know, um, one of my main goals is to get as many picks as I could, yeah. you know, pop Warner, you're not really getting that many picks, but I ended up staying with it. I ended up being uh, free safety all through JV high school. And then I decided to call it quits. Um, yeah. Uh, large, largely for a reason, because there was someone always, always over me through pop Warner and through high school, his name is Eric Weddle, and uh, we oh, can see why yeah. he got the starting position over <laughs> me. But um, he's a player uh, too. But but yeah, thank you because at a young age I wanted to be you know the the, the superstar, and um, yeah, it, you made it cool for you made it okay for me to try to get better at safety. So yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Um, well, good. And I hope I hope you I hope you make it this year. I, I appreciate that, man. Long overdue. Thank so, you, thank you. But but uh. Yeah, last time I called was the Green Bay game, and uh, I, I think I said, you know, firing Mark, Mike McCarthy was going to be would be crazy. Um, I still think that. Um, I, I like the decision they made, and I'm happy with the decision that, you know, you know, Dan Quinn decided to take another job. I just think I'm looking back, and I'm thinking, when was the last time we had a good run defense? It was even before Dan Quinn we've had this issue, and um, I, I'm glad we're not sticking with it. I'm glad we're going to go in a different direction. As good as he was, uh, we need to we need to fix this run defense somehow. Um, I don't know if it is just coaching or if it's just the front line. And we need guys that just want to get it. So um, mm. I just want to call in about that because I think a lot of people are are, are like, oh no, what's going to happen to this defense? I think it's actually a good thing. So uh, all right, well, thanks for the call, Justin. I kind of agree. I, last year I wouldn't have thought this, but this year they need to do something different, and I and I think that. A, a different type of defense is nothing against Dan Quinn, but I think that if you're going to make a splash, you got to do it somehow. And yeah, but are you built? You know, currently, are you built personnel-wise to make that change? Like that's that's the question because this team, we all know, this team can rush the passer. Yep, across the board, right? But it's a difference when you got to get those hogs up in the middle there. Yeah, that you know, pin their ears back and. And, and stop the run, and that's their main focus. Now, they tried to do that by Mozzie last year, that and, and that hasn't worked out to, work to, to where we expected it to be. But that's a fundamental difference. That's a, you know, that is a mentality that you have to have. And it's not just your front four or your, your interior linemen. It goes to the middle of your defense, your linebackers. What kind of players are they? Who's on right. the, who right now on, on, Within the personnel of this football team, is that guy that's going to knock your teeth out? Who's that guy that's going to plug that hole, not get pushed back by the by the the offensive guard or by the center? They don't. That's not their makeup. So it's easy to say, yeah, we're going to change this and we're going to do that and we're going to bring a new coach in. But the new coach is going to say, well, hey, this is who I have to. This these are I the have. pieces that I'm going to have to deal with, yeah. right? So that's a fundamental change. That's okay. Now we have to in the draft. We have to start drafting guys that are built this way. Now we have to go out in free agency and start bringing guys in that can fit the mold to stop the run. I just don't think that's their mentality and hasn't been their mentality personnel-wise. It's rush the passer, get you in third and long, pin your ears back, and go. And, you know, when you get in the playoffs and you play against a team that's like the Packers or, 
or the San Francisco 49ers or, or who who, who want to play bully ball. It's not third and long. It's not third and long. <laughs> it's never third it's and third long. It's third and yeah. one. Yeah. It's second and three. No, like, it's you. that's a tough deal there to, to have. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think they need to get – they just need to get bigger. Their linebackers yeah. need to get And bigger. also, you know, just to go along with that, I, I remember when I first came in the league, Jimmy Johnson made onus of, of – Every day when we went out to practice and we put on the pads, because we were in pads all the time, you got to control the front. Mm-hmm. You got to control the front. You got to win in the trenches. That's all I used to remember. And it was this was a time in the NFC East where you had the, the, the New York Giants that were fully loaded. Yeah. I mean, top to bottom, the Eagles were loaded. The Redskins back then loaded as well. And everyone ran the football. Yeah. So we had – our focus was – control the line of scrimmage, the Leon Letts, the Tony Casillas, the Jimmy Jones, the, the – the uh, who Russell else did we Maryland. have? The Russell, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Russell Maryland was the number one pick. Yeah, like you talk about a fundamental change. <laughs> you, you want to stop the run? You pick guys early on to do just that. So that's that was the mindset. And you know the next defensive tackle they took in the first round? No, Mozzie Smith. That's how long, that's how long it's been. <laughs> that's been how Seriously, that's how oh, long. Oh, Marcus Spears. What year? What round did he go? Uh, you know, technically defensive end. Oh, he was okay. He yeah. had a three-four okay. and all that. Okay, but, uh, yeah. Um, all right, let's go back to the phone line. William in West Virginia. What's up? Nick, my man, how's it going? Good, man. How are you doing? Oh, hanging in there. Still reeling from that loss. But like I said, I had to call in and say, had to say hey to Woody and say thank you, sir. It's an honor to talk to see. I thank yeah, you for you all see. the years you gave to the Cowboy fans. Thank you. I appreciate that. And um, I had a couple questions for you, Woody, if you don't care. Um, first of all, could you just describe how underrated a player Thomas Everett was? I really remember yeah. back when he played. He was a phenomenal player. I, I really thought he was a great player. And secondly, could you give us some stories about how great a tandem you and Roy Williams were? Yeah. Besides Cliff, cause besides Cliff Harris and Charlie Waters, I can't remember the Cowboys having a better tandem. <laughs> uh, look, Thomas Everett was, and I mentioned Thomas earlier on, and, and as far as guys that mentored me on and off the field. Thanks, William. Yeah, and, and yeah, thanks. thanks. Appreciate it, brother. Uh, Thomas is f- awesome. He, along with James Washington, I mean, Thomas was the guy that was quarterbacking the defense and got guys lined up the right way. But also, I mean, if you had kneecaps and thighs, dude, he was taking them off. I mean, he came in like a bowling ball to hit guys. And, and I mean, out of nowhere, uh, he would just show up. And, and made big plays, made a huge play in a Super, Super Bowl, Bowl. Yeah. Uh, on the interception. But tremendous athlete, more athletic than you, you could ever imagine, was, you know, was vertically challenged. I always say, I always mm-hmm. was telling me you're vertically challenged. Wasn't as, as tall or wasn't your ideal safety that was six foot or not. But man, he played like he was six five, dude. He was just a, yeah. a damn good football player. I mean, uh, I had a buddy of mine, uh, Mark Schlereth, who said uh, he's a football player. Jesse, like you know, certain guys can just play that game yeah. at any point, and he was one of those guys. Um, Roy, Roy was Roy, and I, man, Roy was Hold, so spectacular. Before you get in, I, I just want to say the first caller that said about favorite mentors mm-hmm. and all that. Those guys, what those guys did for you, yeah, is what you did. It's my job. Me. That and was I my love job. That. I love yeah. how it came full circle. There. Yeah, and I played with really good safety. See, we mentioned James Washington, Thomas Everett, right? And T, and I thought T, was... T came in. No, Brock Marion. Oh yeah. Look, let me tell you what. I'll, I'll tell you one thing about Brock Marion. Brock Marion was, you know, I was tasked to always cover the slot receiver or the best tight end, hands down, as a safety, right? So. Third down, come on. If it, we if we were playing Tony Gonzalez, 
hey, they, that's your guy. You got him. Shannon Sharp, you got him. Uh, whoever the, the slot guy is, if it's Steve Smith, Jerry Rice, hey, that's that's my deal, right? And I can't tell you, when we played man-to-man, Brock, Brock could absolutely cover. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He wasn't just a middle-of-the-field guy. He could, he could line up and play cornerback. I mean, he was that talented. And we didn't have guys like that. It was just me. And then I never really played with a safety that could do those things. Brock could do those things. And it made things so much easier. So if Jerry Rice motioned over, I just let him motion over to Brock. Yeah. And I went to the middle of the field, which, was, which I appreciated. Roy was different. Yeah. Roy was probably the biggest hitter I've ever been around. I, I don't know if I've ever seen anyone hit and with the power and the force uh, like Roy Williams. And I always felt like I was a big hitter yeah. until he showed up. And I was like, holy cow, he's knocking people out of their socks. Yeah. Like, even at practice, like you had to tell him to calm down at practice and chill that's, out. That's, yeah. he, but he was that type of forces. And he intimidated the running backs and, and guys, uh, tight ends or, or wide receivers running across the middle. Because he, he sat in the middle of the field, not deep, but shallow with crossing routes. And, he, man, he would deplete you uh, when he played. But he was – he was a tremendous football player. He was great to play with at the same time. Uh, he was a sponge, man. He just wanted to listen and learn uh, through the whole time. And, and uh, you know, I wish you know, look, I think one of the things about Roy that was one of my regrets was that when I went down and I got hurt, I think it, it took something away from, from his progress because I, I saw him progressing um, mm. in a tremendous fashion as far as, you know, being a top flight safety. And I think he was on the cusp of really going to the next level. But when I went down, they tasked him to do a lot more other things. And it was just a lot. It was he had to carry right. a, a, a huge load and a huge burden. And, you know, that was, you know, that sucked because, you know, he was my boy, man. He was my baby, right? And mm. I was raising him up that way. So I'm still getting really emotional about him because he, he, he was and is still that special of a person and a, and a, and a player. Yeah, we got to do a documentary on him yeah. uh, a few years ago. It's one of my favorite ones that we've done just because of how accessible he was. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he, I remember him just saying, you guys do it, whatever, however you want to do yeah. it, you know. yeah. And uh, him and I actually, we, we went sideways a couple of times while he was a player here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to be able to do that full circle, and that was, it was awesome. Dude, give, he would give you anything. Yeah. He'd give you the shirt off his back. I don't, I don't care who you were. If you showed up and you, and you were in need, man, the biggest, biggest heart. To the point where I used to tell him as his mentor, hey, man, stop. Yeah. Stop giving everything away. Well, he's good. He'd be giving away a lot of money if he yeah. played in today's game. <laughs> yeah, he would. All right, let's go. Let me get a co- two more calls real quick before Darren's got to leave. Jeff in North Carolina. What's going on, Nick? What's up, man? Man, I cannot I believe I'm on the phone with Darren Woods. What's up, man? Jeff? How are you, brother? One of the greatest, greatest safeties ever wear the star, man. I, I can't believe it. I told Chris, I can't believe I got through this talk to you. You got it. But how you, you doing, it. man? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm real, doing real good now. It makes me smile. Every time he calls, I just can't stop smiling. You got smiling. that energy, man. Yeah, good it. energy. Yeah. Yeah, me and Nick, man, we've been we've, we've been going back and forth over this thing the last few weeks trying to figure out what we can do. To so, get, solve the world problems. Trying to solve the problems here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let, let me ask you something, because sometimes I I can't articulate what, I, what, I, what I'm trying to mean, and uh, – I heard something last week Troy said about about getting in the playoffs and maybe the 
they the players because of how bright the star is, how tough it is to play down there. Maybe they lose, they could lose their edge a little bit. And I was going to see what you had to say about that. Uh, look, I, I, I'm I'm a firm believer. You don't lose a game on Sundays. I, I just don't believe that. I don't believe that mm-hmm. you show up and it's too bright. It's too bright for you. These guys have been playing all their lives. Like this is nothing new to to Micah Parsons and. And the CD Lambs, they've been playing at the highest of highest levels all their life. And right. and the other team, you know, it's the same way. The other team isn't playing at this level as well. So it's not, it's not the nerves is not, I, I don't believe in the fact. Yeah, you can be a little nervous that you get over it after the first hit and you move on. Here's the deal. You are who you are. We've heard this so many times from coaches like Bill Parcells, right? So when you're in training camp and you when you're playing a certain way and you're going through the preseason and you're and, and you you know you're deal, doing your thing and then you get into the regular season and it's week six and week ten and you're doing the exact same thing. You're leading the league in penalties. That is not going to change. All of a sudden, it's not like you pull, you turn on the light switch and go, oh, okay, now we're different. No, no, that's who you are. That is who you are. And when you play it all season long and you haven't stopped a run against the Buffalo Bills, or the Arizona Cardinals, first of all, uh, the Buffalo Bills, uh, the Niners, when you you haven't stopped a run, that's who you are. And it's only a matter of time until you get into the playoffs, you play another good team like the Green Bay Packers, and Jones runs the ball down your throat. That's right. It, it is what it is. So I, I, I just hate to you know hear this whole well. You can change at any time, and you can do this. You can turn. You can't turn that light switch on. And, and it starts early like, on. I did like yesterday. I finally when I finally heard that Micah spoke yesterday, and and I was glad to hear that finally he come out and he said, "Look, that was embarrassing and unacceptable." And I've been waiting to hear a player say that because it was, and uh, so hopefully. That maybe they're getting to that mental part, and maybe knowing that they have to, you know, they have to be ready to play all the time. So, yeah. but. Uh, hey Jeff, that starts now though. Like that, that, that all starts like this off season. Micah just said that it starts now. Like you want to really want to really burn hot, like really burn hot, and let it really, you know, burn in your heart is when you start to do things about it, right? So yeah, you can say right. that, but at the same time, now it's time. For Micah and the rest of the guys who are the leaders of this team to step up and say, okay, this offseason, we're going to eliminate some of the mistakes that we made. We're going to actually turn the film on from last year. And, and Mike Zimmer did this to us in 94, I think it was. He did it to me personally. He took a note of all the bad plays I had, really? every bad play that I had, and then put it on film, and I had to watch it. And it sucked, dude. I mean, it. I didn't sleep for five straight days. But it made you a better player. But it made me a better football player because I was able to see the warts. And I did right. the entire offseason, all I did was work on those warts. And, you know, that's right. what Dak, and that's what McCarthy did with Dak, you know, yeah. this year. They, they went through every right. interception from the year before. Yeah. And, you know, and, and yes, I understand what happened in the Packer game, but we all know Dak had a better season last year. Yeah, he did. He did have a bounce back year yeah. and, and all that. Well, thanks. Thanks for the call, Jeff. Appreciate that. We got to move it. Uh, one more caller here before we got to let uh, Darren go. Ray in Michigan. Yeah. What's up, hey, Ray? Nick. How you doing? Hey, great. First time caller. All right. Here we so go. I'm doing good, and, and I love it when you bring Darren on. Hey, Ray. Yeah. Nice to meet you, Ray. A pleasure to meet you. Hey, I want to thank you for your legacy. Um, 
I'm 52 years old, so I mean, I experienced it in my 20s. And, uh, you know, I just want to thank you. I know in a week, a week from today, you will be the newest member of the 24 class. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to congratulate you ahead of time because mm-hmm. I, I know, I feel you're a lock. You should, you should have been in years ago. And uh, I will see you in Canton. Thank you. <laughs> I, go, I, I go to all the enshrinements. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yep. So I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, got my hands together for you. So um, I want to thank you. And uh, also, I, um, you know, through this 28-year drought, um, the source of my contentment is my game-worn jersey collection. And I collect the 90s. And I'm lucky enough to have one of yours. And um, it's in a way 1994 you wore it against Arizona and Washington. Mm-hmm. But so that so I will have that on my back. And I never wear jerseys, but I will Scored definitely have that on my back in Canton. Scored a touchdown um, against Washington? I did. 94? I don't know if it was 94. Yep. I can't it was remember. The, yeah. It was the Apex jersey. The Apex, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. before, uh, you had double star that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was the blue away. So, anyways, thank you for everything. And um, it, it's going to be great to see you in the Hall of Fame. Well, so, thank you. My, I, guess, I guess my question is, um, you know, I, didn't, I, didn't, I just wanted to thank you, really. Um, but my question is, uh, what, what was it like? playing like on special teams your rookie year uh, before you cracked the starting lineup um, the following year. What was it like playing like with Kenny Gant yeah. and Bill Bates? Yeah. You know, you know what did you learn from those guys on special teams? Because oh, you man. were phenomenal. Yeah, dude. I mean, ba- Bill Bates. I, I, Thanks, I, I remember grew up, growing, up, growing up and watching Bill Bates on oh, yeah. TV and, and being a special teams ace. Uh, and then I get here and I get to meet Bill. But I also got to meet uh, meet the shark, yeah. uh, Kenny Gant, and Gant, as great as a special teams player as he was, I mean he was phenomenal. Man, he run through the the wedge, he made you know huge plays on special teams and in the nickel uh, at the same time. But Gant was Kenny Gant was the guy that kept everything loose. Like I I can tell you before games we were in the locker room. The biggest games, NFC Championship games, and he's cutting up, making yeah. us laugh, man. He just kept us loose all the time. And then when he got out in the field, man, he'd, <laughs> he'd be smiling, running down on kickoff. Like, <laughs> that's just, just joy for the game and his energy for the game. And he made it fun for me. I mean, yeah. he, he really did. He, he kept it loose. Um, I mean, to answer that question, look, I don't know if I ever came off out of special teams. Like, no. I played special teams no. my entire yeah. That's what made you my so great. Entire kickoff, kickoff return, my first year. I, I played all four of my first year. Uh, got off the kickoff return team uh, my second year, uh, but I played the punt, punt return, and uh, what else? Uh, and kickoff team. Uh, for 13 years, and a lot of people don't realize that I'm second all time in leading tackles for in special teams. Wow, and, and, that's and, a lot of special teams, brother. Yeah, and and that's not gonna change because no one's getting special teams tackles. Yeah, and trust me, I think I would have played a couple more years if I wasn't playing yeah. all those special teams. I would have had some more life in me. I know, I know. We gotta let you go. A couple of the callers have have talked about the Hall of Fame. Tell us what what happens this week. You're going out to Vegas. Yeah, I go out to Vegas uh, next week, next Tuesday, and we'll find out by Wednesday or thir- Thursday of next week, somewhere okay. in there. And hey, and and if it happens, man, I'm, I'm I'll be I'll be a happy man. But if it, it doesn't, man, I can't. You know, yeah. 
Look, we'll circle the we'll circle it one more time, right? We'll, we'll come back around and I'm gonna be there on Thursday. <laughs> I'm going I'm going to Vegas on Thursday, yeah. and uh, it's gonna be a good time. And if that happens, I'm gonna find you, and I I can't wait for that just to see what what that's gonna be like. Yeah, and, I appreciate and so that. deserving. Uh, but like you said, you know, if it's not this year, then wherever the Super Bowl is next year, that's where I'll, that's I'm gonna where we be. Going. So, either yeah, way, yeah. either way. All right, thanks. We're gonna take a break here real quick. I know there's some people on the line. Uh, sorry that you got, didn't get a chance to talk to Darren this time, but really appreciate you coming by. Good luck to you next week, and uh, Darren, we'll see you next time you come around. All right, sounds good, brother. All right, we'll go we'll okay. right back here on Cowboy Story. Gary Woodson. Nice. <laughs> Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Back to Cowboys Storyline. All right, welcome back to Cowboys Storyline. It's been a while since we've taken a break on here. Uh, Had to, had to let Darren go. Uh, Darren Woodson was here. Uh, If you just just joined us um feel bad for the callers that, that tried to get through and couldn't uh he's he was running to a meeting so uh but we love having uh darren on some great insight great stories that he told uh, as well we'll see uh if uh we can call him hall of fame or darren woodson after uh, next week so a week from today actually um will be the the announcement on uh, nfl honors 
Um, maybe Darren might find out a little bit earlier in the day. He's going to be there. Uh, I'll be there. Uh, so that that means we will not have a show uh, next Thursday. Just going to have one next week on uh, Cowboy Storyline uh, on Tuesday, uh, 1 o'clock. Uh, we will not have two uh, next week. Um, all right, let's get back to the phone lines. Josh in Chicago is next. Hey, Nick. Long time no talk. How you doing? All right. First, first time caller? No, I've called. I think this is my third or fourth. Well, let, let, let's do it anyways for Ray in Michigan because we. we there, you go. there we go. This is for you and for Ray. So awesome. Yeah, how you doing, Josh? Not too bad. How are you doing? I'm great. A little bummed I didn't get to talk to Woody, but uh, uh, I hope he gets into the hall. He's, uh, you know, I'm praying for him. He's an awesome guy. Yeah, uh, on and off the field. So really yeah. hope he gets there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I've been trying to call for a couple of weeks. Even with the time change, I hope that you're still getting a lot of calls. I'm here till the wheels fall off, man. All right. All right. Yeah, we've been doing good. We're doing pretty good with the with the time change. And a lot of the same same callers. we got a few first-timers, but, you know, they, 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 they follow us, so which is great. Yeah. The one thing that I'll say is, you know, I'm, I'm a bit bummed to see Dan Quinn go to somewhere in the division, but I do think the change will be good. I really hope that this team can uh, – can just improve on its penalties next season. I think that that's, you know, we talk about the run defense a lot, but I think that there's been penalties that put them behind the chains. And that's something that starts with the head coach in my eyes. And Mike's got to do better at. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I mean, it, the, the players have to, you know, it's, it's on the players too, but, but yeah, I mean, it all funnels up to the head coach as well. And, uh, and, and, and the GM and, and owner, I mean, that's because, the players that you put out there, you know, some, some, some of the guys are repeat offenders here. And like, yep. so, you know, at some point, are they worth it? You have to figure that out. Are they worth it? Are they good enough when they're actually making plays to offset all of the penalties? And if they're not move on, Kelvin Joseph mm-hmm. was another guy like that. I mean, just playing on special teams, causing, getting a lot of penalties, they had to get rid of them, you know? And yep. so, and there, there may be others. On the team like, yeah, I, like that as well. Yeah, I like having Sam Williams around, but I mean the impact, right, is what you're saying, and I mean, yeah, his impact as a way for the penalties is yeah. people are worth or better. Yeah. After the call, I'll, I'll I'll have a point about Sam Williams as well. Do you have anything else, Josh? Yeah. So I actually was going to ask Woody, uh, but to, since I didn't get to, I was going to ask him if he has any Nate Newton stories. <laughs> I don't know if you might have any, uh, well, but I'm Woody. sure you got a ton. Well, my stories aren't the same as Nate. Yeah, I've got plenty of Nate stories, but I, I should wait till he comes back. I, I'll, I'll get him on here again. Uh, but yeah, Nate, it was just funny. Like I had some Nate stories before I even started working here. You know, he uh, uh, he still he pushed me on the sidelines my very first year. I wasn't with the Cowboys yet. Uh, my very first year, but that was I was in the media and I was probably weighing like 150 pounds. Seriously. And Nate just Nate was a pulling guard on a goal line play and just ran and I was nowhere near him. He was about you know two yards this way, but he went right next to me and just decided to just shove me for no reason. I think he just said, "If I'm gonna run 30, 40 yards, I'm gonna hit someone." And uh, he just you know, and him just shoving me, I mean, I almost fell down. You know, I was, I'll never forget that. I don't know why. I don't know why Nate had to do that, but uh, yeah. So, anyways, uh, we we've we've definitely. Uh, had some great stories back with, but not not as like what you know Woody had, of course. Uh, different different stories there with him. So, anyways, thanks. Well, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, thanks for the call, Josh. Appreciate that. All right, let's go. Uh, I was going to say something about Sam Williams, um, where you know a lot of people kind of have that opinion, like, hey, if he's just going to play special teams and he's going to have penalties, 
is it worth it? And 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 that's fair. The part that that could be something to watch now is look at the free agents that are out there now uh, on your un unrestricted free agents. You've got Dorrance Armstrong. You've got Dante Fowler. Fowler's one guy that did play for him um, for Dan Quinn in, in Atlanta and in Dallas. Um, Dorrance Armstrong's best best career best years of his career have been here with Dan Quinn. So um, could be situations where these guys. Maybe maybe they leave. Maybe the Cowboys can't re-sign them both or e any of them, and that's where you've got a third-year player in Sam Williams. That you know maybe it's time for him to to you know the light bulb to come on and and to turn the corner and play a lot more. So um, the, you know and that's that's the cycle of how things are supposed to go. You draft the guy in the second round by his third year, you, you need to be starting, and so I think that you know they may give him that opportunity to do that, but. It's it's hold your breath with him because you know like we've seen there have been uh, certainly been some some penalties issues with him. All right, let's go to Sebastian and Savannah. Sebastian, you're next. Good afternoon. I hope you guys have had a brilliant year so far. We're up to February now. That's so right. listen, I'm gonna sum this whole season up in the most beautiful way possible. Remember when you were a kid and your parents were telling you they're going to take you across the country to like an amusement park and you're all excited and that's training camp and you're like looking at all the rides on the schedule and you're like, oh man, this is going to be great. And you're like, I'm going to save the best ride for last, right? You get to the amusement park, you're having a good, some of the rides are good, some of the rides are bad, some of the rides are terrible. But then you get to that big ride and you're like, yes, I've been waiting all day long. I've been in line for over an hour and you get on that ride and the people coming off the ride before you're crying and throwing up, and you're like, ah, they're soft. I'll be great. Then you get on there, and it's a great ride, and it starts, and you get to the first loop, and someone spills their coffee on the machine, and you get stuck in that loop for two and a half hours, and you're miserable. And people are crying and throwing up, and they're upset, and your head is banging because you're upside down. And then they finally fix the machine, right? And you start to finish the rest of the ride, but at that point, you're so tired and just exasperated, you just want to go home. And that was the end of the season. And it's unfortunate, and it sucks because it sounds like we're losing Dan Quinn and stuff like that. And I really had a question for Wood, uh, Mr. Woodson as well. But that was basically the season. We had all these great rides. Jimmy Johnson getting into the Ring of Honor finally. And then you get to the final ride that you've been waiting on the entire time, and it stunk. And not for reasons that you could ever even figure out ahead of time. You know, I look at that last week 17 game against uh, week 17, yeah, week 17 game against Washington when he dove for the play. I'm talking about uh, Gilmore, yeah. and I was like, you didn't have to do that. Yeah, I, I I literally was like, why? You don't you didn't have to do that. And you knew he was hurt from the way that he got. He was sitting down there, and I was like, he. There was no reason for us to do that. We had the lead. You didn't have to sell out for that play. That's something that you do maybe in the playoffs. I think had he been fully healthy, our defense may have looked a little better. I don't know if we would have stopped him or if it would have changed anything, but I think we would have looked better and the play calling would have been a little bit better. Yeah. Injuries definitely robbed some of the defense. So I don't put 100% of the, the bad defensive calls and playing on Dan Quinn. you got to go out there and execute. So going forward, if Dan's not there, I don't know if that's 100% confirmed or not that he's going to the commanders, but if he's not there, is the experiment of having safeties play linebackers and linebackers do whatever, play defensive linemen over. Are we going to have safeties and we're going to have linebackers for this next generation? Is that something that you think we need to look at going forward? Yes. Before I leave, I loved all the shows. You guys did an amazing job keeping our spirits high this season. This has been one of the coolest shows ever to call in and talk to Wood Rod Woodson and Nate Newton's on the show and stuff like that. But to hear the fans, Rob in Vegas and everybody, all the young women and men who called, love you guys. Shout out to everybody. 
it's going to be all right, yeah. All right. <laughs> We're going to be fine. Have a great day. All right. Thanks, Sebastian. I, I, I had a hard time keeping up with the, with, you know, I, I love analogies. I mean, as much as the next one, uh, but man, I, I, I was, I was struggling there, you know, not, not that I'm a, not that I've been on a ton of roller coasters myself, but I mean, stuck in it for a couple hours. I mean, that's sounds kind of dramatic actually. So I, I don't know. Um, I get the point though. I think uh, just, just, you know, all the buildup and then boom over off season. Now we're doing a draft show. Just like that. I mean, we we should be we should all we all thought we had, there was a chance to go to Vegas for the Super Bowl, and it just didn't didn't happen. Um, as for the question about the linebackers, safeties, you know, who knows, you know, what's going to happen here with the defensive coordinator, new new coordinator, new scheme. Um, you, you'd hope. Um, and so, as much as I like Dan Quinn, and and I and and last couple of years, I didn't you know I didn't want to see him leave. You know, now I, I, they have to make some changes. You have to have some things that you, you want to be excited about. And uh, I think I whoever the coordinator is, I, I, there needs to be a little bit more of an emphasis on the run. It has to be. And and I think, you know, anytime you, 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 you do mismatches, it's a mismatch for a reason. It's a mismatch both ways. In the NBA, if you played five guards, you're probably going to – Get the ball up the court and pass it around and probably get some open shots. But if you miss, you're not getting the rebound, you know, so so just because of the mismatch on one end and not the other. So if you play undersized linebackers, yeah, they can fly around the ball maybe and and, and, and chase it and, 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 you know, make some plays. But but when it gets hat on a hat and their guys are bigger than you, look what happens. So I, I do think that whoever the coordinator is needs to be, be a little bit more emphasis on the run. And with that probably means bigger linebackers. All right, let's go to uh, Bill in New Haven, Connecticut. Hey, Nick, how you doing, buddy? Good, Bill. How are you? Good, man. Thanks. Hey, I just want to touch uh, real quickly on the things Jerry said yesterday, because I think there's a misconception as fans, we hear all in, right? And we think, Oh, wow. They're going to go out. They're going to get Chris Jones. They're going to get this guy or this guy. But if you really listen to what Jerry said, his definition of all in, and he mentioned these three players several times, and it was Lambs, Parsons, and Prescott. I think his definition of all in is an all in financial commitment to keeping those players that they drafted and they built the roster up. So, I just think that the fans need to prepare themselves for when they hear all in, it's easy right now to say, oh, yeah, things are going to be different this year. We're going to go out and we're going to be players before week three in free agency. But I just don't think that's what he means by all in. And I think there's a huge disconnect by between what the franchise thinks all in is and what we as fans think all in. Well, and you and Go I'm ahead. sorry. No, keep going. Talk over you. Keep going. Keep I was going. going to say, you've hit on it. This, they think they're close. Whether we agree with it, whether you agree with it, it doesn't matter. They do think they're close. And that's what makes it frustrating by them kind of saying two things at the same time. Well, we're close, but we're not going all in. But I just think what it comes down to is there's a huge disconnect between they're all in, which is a financial commitment of being all in, and what we as fans want to see well, as being all in. Let's break it down because, I mean, the, the term all in, we know what, what, what it's, it's uh, referencing, right? Uh, you, you play poker? Yeah, okay. of course. What does all in mean? It means you're pushing 
all of your chips in for this hand. All of them are in. Everything I've got is going to the middle. And I think, and I don't know this, Jerry might be looking at it from a salary cap standpoint going, for me to pay Dak, for me to pay Micah, and for me to pay CD, that might be all my chips. Um, right. I mean, that's, you know, he's thinking from, from that. Will it be all? No, probably not. But it's going to be a lot. And so I think that's, that might be what he's thinking, and I, I'm not. I'm not saying, you know, he's right or wrong or whatever. And I, you, you're exactly right, um, because you're all in is 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 getting those those free agents that you're talking about, all all the top ones at, at each position that you need, and just right. trading next year's, you know, next year's number one for somebody like that. That to me is all in. I'm gonna exactly. trade next year's one for for a guy right, that'll right. help me right now. See, I see, and I think quickly. I know you got to go. I think they think all in. And listen, they made the trade for Gilmore. They made the trade for Cooks. Good trades. But they were trades on, at their price for players that were pro bowlers. Right. When we speak about game changers, we're talking about going and getting players that uh-huh. actually are still all pros or pro bowlers. And, and that's the difference. And uh, quickly, with the thing with the, that just happened today with Quinn, it's hard to preach continuity, which I was okay with bringing McCarthy back when the entire half of the coaching staff of the building, not the entire, I'm being hyperbolic, but a lot of coaches are leaving. So there's not a lot of continuity coming back. Why do, you think, you, have have, why do you think they're leaving? Uh, you're right. I don't, but I just think based on things that I've read, uh, quotes from uh, Al Harris in the past, and the relationship with Joe Witt and, and Quinn, that there's a high potential them, for them to leave. Okay. So it, if you're going to say, hey, we, we, we want to build on what we have, which is fine, more than fair. You've been 12-5 and five for three straight years. You should also have the foresight to also realize, and I'm sure they do, that you might lose half of your staff as well. So it kind of takes the legs out on the continuity argument. Okay, thanks for the call, Bill. Appreciate it. Good, good stuff uh, there. Let, let, me, let me just throw out a couple of things about the NFL rules when, in, in terms of that. Um, the, the coaches – Every coach on the staff other than receivers coach Robert Prince is under contract. So according to the NFL rules, the only two positions that, whether you have a contract or not, the only two coaching positions that you have to let them uh, leave for is a head coach and a defensive and a coordinator, an offense, defense, or special teams coordinator. So Dan Quinn is the new coach, uh, will be the new coach of the Washington Commanders, and I believe he could take one guy with him to be his coordinator. But he can't take more than that because they're all under contract. Uh, They can ask for permission, and if the Cowboys wanted to make a change there and wanted to let a guy out of his contract or whatever, they can do that. Um, So I'm not saying that it will only be one, but if the Cowboys are like, no, no, we're not letting you take everybody over there, they don't have to. Um, it, it's not, and it's nothing about a promotion from one spot to another. It's to be a coordinator. And I think the NFL's gotten, they understand all the cute titles of passing game, run game coordinator, assistant head coach, all this kind of stuff. No, it, you, you, either you're a coordinator or that's it. So I, I don't think the Cowboys, in, if, if they don't want to, they, they can hold on to, uh, all but but at least one of their defensive coaches, if that's what Dan Quinn is trying to do. All right, uh, Dylan in Northport, Florida. Hey, Nick. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? 
Good. Y'all threw me for a loop today. I tried calling in at uh, 155. I guess it'd be 1255 your time, but it was already busy. I'm like, wow, these guys are eager today to get in here. And uh, I turn it on, and y'all are already halfway into this thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I, we did. I did put it out on Twitter uh, or, or X, whatever it's called, um, yeah, a couple yeah. times. But yeah, yeah, and I, and I announced it last in the last show as well. So yeah, I figured that yeah. would happen though to some. You know, people have lives. You know, they don't just. Yeah, I'm not a great listener, so there you that's, go. I, I got to okay. work on my listening skills. <laughs> um, <laughs> Actually, I want to talk about the same thing that last guy was talking about. It's funny he mentioned that about uh, Jerry. I I think I see it a bit differently because Jerry specifically said they're not building for the future. So, and and Jerry's not getting any younger here. Let's be real, right? So he, I don't know how much he's got left in the tank. Hopefully, a lot more. Um, but you know, whatever we'll see. But he specifically said he's not building for the future. So to me, that means there are some deals that will probably get done, like a DAC extension. But some of these deals are going to free up cap space that also allows you to then pursue these all pro guys or these high price uh, free agents. So I feel like, and I get why people don't trust Jerry. We haven't won anything since the dinosaurs roamed the earth. And, you know, he, he talks lots of, lots of things. So I get why people aren't necessarily willing to jump in and, and trust him until they see it. But I just have this feeling that especially if we see a DAC extension, I feel like they may go after a, a, a high end defensive tackle, maybe a linebacker, a running back for sure and maybe a center or a certain combination of those things. So that's what I'm expecting. And I think the chips will fall once that DAC extension is, is completed. So yeah. just want to get your thoughts on that. I agree. I mean, I think, I think the, the DAC extension, if that, if that happens, that that's going to be the, that's going to be like the first domino in, in a lot of things. And if it doesn't happen and they're just going to go off of one year for, for DAC, you know, at, at this 59 million, uh, price tag, then I think that that kind of would, would symbol a lot of things of what of where they they're thinking here, uh, you know, moving forward, and maybe this is just a one year thing. Same with McCarthy and all that. So I think if you're going to be players and really give everybody a chance to do something, then they're probably going to have to extend Dak. Uh, that's why this is a tough situation because they they have Dak does have a lot more leverage here um, in, in in this in, in this situation. So yeah. No doubt, no doubt. And then uh, before I go, um, I guess toss you a little bomb here and then take off. Um, Jesse Holly, what he said about Micah, I just want to get your thoughts on that and uh, his comments on Micah maybe not being committed to uh, play linebacker because I want to put in the work or whatever he said. I'm not sure if you heard that or not. but Yeah, yeah, I think we I'm all heard that. Talk on that. Yeah, my when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think Micah's mom heard that. Um, yeah, um, it, it it happened. Okay, thanks for the call. Um, I don't think my I don't think Jesse talked about it on yesterday's show. Um, Chris, did you you listen? Did they talk about it yesterday? Chris Bean is he on the phone? Yeah. No, they did not talk about. It. Well, if Jesse's no. not talking about it on his show, I'm not going to talk about it as well. Um, let me let me just give my thoughts on on Micah Parsons from from what I see because I mean that's the thing like it's. We we're in the locker room, uh, some you know. I mean, for 
few minutes there, you know, three times a week or so. And, and we hear some stuff and, and, you know, we, we, you can kind of tell, I mean, I, I've seen it. You can tell that Micah, Micah's mindset is different than, than some other players. It, it really is. Um, just, just from what I've observed, I mean, he, he wants to win. Uh, he wants to play well. He wants to play well. He, I mean, when he doesn't and they're and the team wins, um, I've seen him kind of upset about the way he played or the way, you know, even though the, the team won, um, he holds himself to the highest standard there. If, if that's, if that's considered selfish or whatever, then, then maybe at times he is, but that's not always a bad word. That, that word in, in life isn't always bad. Cause sometimes if you're not looking out for yourself, who will? Um, so again, I, I, it's, it's hard to judge a player like that because um, he, he's unique. He's unique in his own way. And the, and the players know it, too. I've seen it. I've, after the Giants game uh, last season, they had seven sacks. He didn't have one. And they, and they were kind of joking with him. The players were that, you know, Mike is going to be mad now. You know, everyone got a sack. He didn't, even though we all know that probably he, he was the reason for most of those sacks, just but just his presence alone. So um, I, you know, I, I'm trying to, to you know, I, I read what, what Micah's mom said about him and, and, you know, and it sounded just like what a mom would say about her son. Uh, I, I just think he's, he's probably misunderstood a little bit. Um, he, he definitely wants to win. He definitely wants to, to be the reason why they win. And, and, and like I said, he holds himself to the highest of standards. And so, um, you know, I, I'm going to try to give him the benefit of the doubt a little bit on, on that and, and see, see what happens. I mean, he's, he's kind of said he's committed to to make it, you know, to, to, to turning this thing around and, and and getting even better next year, and um, you know, I mean, I it's it's an old it's not old school. That's the thing. Mike is not old school. He's not. I mean, he's he's he plays. You know, uh, I mean, he's he's got his own podcast and he says a lot of things on there and he says things that you know some of the old school players didn't say because it's just a different era. It is what it is. But um, I know this that that when it's third and nine. Um, you know, if you can get to that point, there's nobody in the NFL I'd rather have rushing the passer than, than Micah Parsons. And I think a lot of fans kind of feel the same way. Uh, you know, he's he's got, like all of us, you know, he's got maturing to do that, that most young players do. And uh, I think he's going to be doing that with the Dallas Cowboys for a long time. So uh, I don't know if that answered the question or not, but that's just my take on on what I see from, from Micah. And, um, you know, I think he'll – you know, if he, I think he'll be committed to to being even a better player uh, this next year. And if that's that's the case, that's not good for for left tackles and right tackles trying to trying to block him. So, all right, let's go. Um, let's go to James in New Jersey. What's up, Nick? What's up? Uh, you know, following on that statement you just said about Michael getting to the quarterback on third down. If he really wants the kind of money he thinks he wants, he's going to get as a defensive end because he obviously doesn't want to play linebacker. It doesn't think so. It doesn't seem like it. Yeah. He should maybe play a little harder, I guess, to run as well. In other words, the defensive end does both jobs. At this point, he's just a pass rusher. So if he wants to come on down the field just on third down, then he's not going to get paid the 12 to $15 million a year to be a real good defensive end. Okay, now as far as you're concerned, I don't understand where the leadership's going to come from when your best defensive player is saying stuff like, I'm okay with it or I'm at peace. 
you, that would that, you would never hear somebody like a Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan say to say like to that. say what that what, would never happen. Wait, what was the I, statement? He said he said I'm at peace. Okay, he, that, that's what he said. I'm at peace. No, you should never be at peace with losing if you're going to be a superstar and you're going to be a leader of your team because you're not giving a good message to the rest of your team. Mm. And, you know, because I because if it doesn't come from here from him, I have no idea what the is going to come from on defense. Because he's your best player on defense. Yeah. That's why, yes, that's not a good situation as far as that's concerned. The optics are not good. He needs to watch what comes out of his mouth because people can take it wrong. So he has to be more careful. He's going to be the leader of this defense. He has to be more cognizant of what's coming out of his mouth because it's too easy for all of us to take it the wrong way. So he needs to be very clear what he's saying and make sure that he's not tossing anything else in the bus. Not he did. But make sure that we're clear that that is not the case and that he's willing to, like he wants the owners to do, go all in when he's on the field as well. And speaking of going all in, if we're going all in this season, then they need to find a way to make a deal with Dak to maybe cut that um, salary cap hit in half, hopefully, with the multiple-year extension. And then you get... um, some uh, a linebacker, the gentleman from uh, the, I'm sorry, I can't remember the names. Oh, uh, from um, the Ravens. Okay. Uh, they have a linebackers and and um, uh, they, uh, Jones from the Chiefs. He's a free agent. If you're going all in, because you got to get you know, and, and maybe Barkley from the Giants, the running back. If you're going all in, yeah, just go all in. Because, you know, we want to win the championship. And you're going to, afterwards, we're going to have a rough couple of years afterwards, but it won't make, it won't be, any, it won't be, a, it won't make a difference after that point once we win the championship after not winning one for 30 years. All right. All right. Well, thanks for the call, James. I'll say this, though. If, if, you know, fans just, just don't have selective memory, okay? I'm like, if, just, just remember. The way, you know, what you're thinking now, if that's what you want, if you want, hey, I hope they do, um, if that's the mentality is, is that you want them to extend Dak to cut his salary cap charge this year down significantly so you can go and get some of those players, then just remember that, that then if it doesn't work out next year and, and then he's still a free agent and... Now, you know, I mean, he's not a free agent. He's still under contract. And, and now the, 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 the cap charge is way higher. And it's like, what are, what are the Cowboys doing? Why, why, why do they, they, they still invest in this guy? It's because of, of this scenario right now for this year. So if, if they're going to do this, then that means he's the guy. And you got to be okay with that, you know? So if not, then he's going to count $59 million and he's going to, they're going to try to win somehow, some way with, with with what they have, and they're going to draft players and play them because that, that's probably they're not going to have a lot of other options, and they're going to have a younger team and and try to try to win that that way, and then if it, then it doesn't work out, then then probably next year, if it doesn't work out this year, then I'm sure there'll be a different coach and a different quarterback, and and then you you're basically starting over. So, um, you know, just just remember what you're asking for. If you really want them to go all in, then some of the steps that it's going to take to do that. Is is probably going to mean that you know your quarterback is going to be here for a little bit. All right, let's go to uh, David in Chicago. 
Yes, sir. How you doing today, Nick? Good, man. How are you? Doing good. How about them Cowboys? All right. How about them? I've been a huge fan since the 90s. There you go. We had to get Jimmy in there, too. Absolutely. Here we go. I love it when you drop that, too. Is this your first, but, um, is this your first call? Yes, sir. Well, then I've guess what? Here you go. I've been a huge fan of the Cowboys since the 90s. I'm from Chicago, so you can imagine what I've had to deal with. Sure. <laughs> but um, I was calling because of the Dan Quinn information that just came about, about the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. I see this as the perfect opportunity, and I'm not really seeing a lot of Cowboys fans discussing this. Why don't we change the scheme now to a 3-4, put Micah Parsons at right outside linebacker, this will give us an extra big body in the middle to stop the run. And in my opinion, it is the best thing to do for this last year of McCarthy because then you can go look for your next head coach based upon the 3-4 scheme. Because what I'm seeing is the offense – they're producing numbers, no matter who the coordinator is, it feels like. We've seen so many guys come in. Even Jason Garrett produced some good numbers before with Romo and that. Mm-hmm. But what I see is the defense is the real issue when the rubber meets the road. So my call is basically centered around, would you be open to a 3-4 defense going back to that, those Wade Phillips days? Because I remember DeMarcus Ware in that 3-4. He was a terror. He went to the Denver Broncos, got to play in the 3-4 again, won a Super Bowl. Now, of course, he had a Hall of Famer on the other side as well mm-hmm. at the left outside linebacker. But I really do believe DeMarcus Lawrence can play left outside linebacker. And in certain packages, we could always still do the nickel with the four down linemen. But I think it's smart to just switch to a base 3-4 just because we cannot stop the run to save our lives. Thank you so much for All taking right. my call. All right. Good thinking. Um, I think Chris and I talked about that just today about – you know, would it be possible to the three, four, and 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 you mentioned Demarcus Ware, and you mentioned Micah Parsons. Yes, those guys could be. You could make them an outside linebacker in the three, four today. I mean, easy. It's not so much about that to me as it is the other linemen. Who do you have the defensive ends that are really defensive tackles? Do you have those guys? You know, do you have two inside linebackers? that can step up and make those plays. Do you have a nose tackle? You know, you'd have to probably sign Hankins for that. Um, and, you know, I, uh, does Osa fit into that? You know, is he is he a 3-4 a, a, a guy? Could he fit? Perhaps, you know. I mean, I, I think I think great football players can be great football players. It's one thing that's always kind of annoyed me when they're like, no, we can't sign this guy. He's not, he's not a scheme fit, you know, like – the honey badger, like Tyron Matthews, the one that always comes to mind. Like, nope, doesn't fit the scheme. I'm like, well, he's a badass in like four other schemes. So why can't we just change the scheme? You know, like I know it's it's different than that, but sometimes I think if you, I, I think great players can can fit into a scheme. Okay, and so um, I, I think there's other other pieces there. I, I don't necessarily seeing them switching to a three four unless they're committed over over time you know and, and that's the thing bill parcells tried to do that in over a couple of years he started in 2005 and he was going to do it for a couple of years but what happened was is they drafted Ware, they drafted spears then they drafted kevin burnett and then later on they drafted chris canny and jay ratliff and so in one draft so i mean we should do a documentary on that uh we did um but all of those 
guys in one draft. And now they're all of a sudden they're like, no, we can play three, four right now. We have the pieces in place. So if if they can do that, um, I, I don't necessarily see it happening in, in one year, but it might be kind of a, a commitment that you can go to. And I, yeah, I think Micah Parsons can do it. It's, do you have the inside pieces? Uh, that would, that would kind of where really what it comes down to. All right. Joe in Stanford is going to be our last caller. Usually the first caller, but what's up? Hey, brother, how are you today? I'm good. What's up? Well, I'm sorry I missed Woody, but I've got to talk to him before, so it's only fair somebody else gets to talk to him. I appreciate um, that. So I haven't been listening to the show. I just, I just called in cold here. I haven't been able to get you while I'm in my vehicle, but my, my, my question, obviously, is going to be about Dan Quinn. When we talked the other day, we talked about, hey, is this going to just, nothing's going to change. Well, obviously, that's not going to be the case now. Um, Put your seatbelt on, like Joe. Well, oh, oh, I got my seatbelt on. Okay. Uh, oh, you heard the, you heard the, the yeah. Uh, thing. Yeah. That's my wife. <laughs> put, her, put your seatbelt on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, that's funny you heard that. Um, yeah. So, so. Obviously, there's going to be changes. Uh, do you feel like that this coaching pick is going to be 100% Mike McCarthy's decision, 50% Mike McCarthy's uh, decision, or what? That's a good question. That's a really good question, Joe. Uh, well, I'll say this. None of it, none, none of these decisions will probably be a hundred percent Mike McCarthy's because I, I think that they all pride themselves on how they collaborate and 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 they they don't always make decisions that are one hundred percent. They get on the same page, but I know exactly what you're thinking and, and why you're saying that, and uh, it's a it's a good question. Um, yeah, he, he he's probably going to have some guys in mind that he that he really wants, but uh, at the same time, I'm I'm sure you know Jerry and Stephen they're going to have to sign off on that. So they'll, I mean, they'll figure it out, but, but yeah. And we'll probably never know, you know, whether what happens down the road, but that, that's a, that's a really good question. And, and, you know, I think if we knew the answer to that, then we would know exactly what, what might happen here in the next year or two. Yeah. Well, I, I, one thing I'll end with is there are three really great candidates out there and I know they're probably, probably been discussed. No, go um, for it. Who do you got? Uh, the, the three that I'm going to talk about, I'm going to get made fun of a little bit, but they're all three head coaches. Brable, uh, the coach from the Commanders, I forgot his name now, uh, the head coach that just got fired, and Bill Belichick. So those are three candidates that would be real good defense coordinators, and they're not going to be head coaches this year. Okay. Um, Ron Rivera, that one, that one maybe could make some sense. Brable not sure if about that one um he's he's trying to be a head coach and it might be a situation like McCarthy where he would sit out a year and then and then we'll see um Belichick I'm 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 sorry I just don't I don't see the greatest you know the greatest head coach of all time just not not you know getting a job and being a defensive coordinator under Mike McCarthy I mean I just just don't see that happening um what a terrible situation that would be for for McCarthy. I mean, seriously, forget forget losing a game. I mean, like if you're down at the half, I mean, there're gonna be people calling for you at that point. I, that that just doesn't seem like a fun situation um, for him at least. But then again, that's it's not all about that. I, I I don't see that happening. But I think Rivera would be a, a name you would throw out there, um, and then uh, and Ren Vrabel as well. I think I know uh, our um, one of our staff writers, Nick Harris, is working on 
a story on on some potential names, and and those two are on there. I don't think Belichick is on there, but also some some in house you know names as well from the Cowboys staff. And um, but like I said, I'll, I'll reiterate. Um, I think I think some of the questions about scheme and all that. It, it's got just like it would on offense. Okay, just like if you were brought in an offensive coordinator, your first question would be, what, what, how do you, how do you view Dak, and, and what, what are some of the things you're going to do with him? It's the same with Micah Parsons, and so uh, that's that's what I would be interested in is what, what do they, what do they think, where do they think he would line up, what's best for him, and then also that's a one A, and then one B is, you know, how, how are you going to stop the run? Uh, that's that's what they got to do. You, you got to be able to stop the run. But but good good stuff. Like I I always love when when people call in, even if their opinions are kind of out there, even if they've got some some outlandish you know observations or whatever. You know, don't just we see the problems. Try to find a solution. Try to come up with an answer. That's what I love. And so um, I'm never gonna say, oh, that's that's crazy or wild or whatever, because you know here we are stuck with these. Questions that we, we don't have answers to, but at least let's come up and, and, and figure it out. You know, it's like going outside in, in, in Texas in July and saying it's hot. Well, we all know that. What are we going to do about it? You know, are you going to fix the AC? Are you going to get indoors or what are you going to do? So, all right. Sounds good. This has been a, it's been a really good show. Appreciate all the calls. Also, Darren Woodson joined us for the first 20 minutes or so, 25 minutes. Great uh, to be on with him. We're all got our fingers crossed that he is going to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame this time next uh, week. Uh, we'll find that out. That is the reason why there will not be a Thursday show uh, next week because I'll be there in Vegas as well um, covering that. Also, uh, NFL Honors uh, and anybody else that's kind of walking around Radio Row that tends to happen. I know we talked to Dak and uh, Micah Parsons there last year, so we'll see if um, see what I can uh, get into uh, there next Thursday, but we will have a show on Tuesday uh, at the normal time, back to our 1 o'clock time. We changed it today to accommodate uh, Darren's schedule, but we'll be back at 1 o'clock to, uh, on Tuesday taking all of your calls, uh, talking about the Pro Bowl. Probably not, but uh, we'll, we'll be talking about uh, whatever whatever happens. Maybe a new defensive coordinator by then, or, or we'll at least talk about some of the candidates. So for Chris Beam, I'm Nick Eatman. We will see you next time on Cowboys Storyline. See you. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!